This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's community access station Plains FM. Rachel Hazelden, and today on the Women's Lives, Women's Stories program, I'm speaking to Andrea Holland Castaneda. Andrea is in a homeschooling group with a friend of mine, and Andrea and her husband are building an off grid house in North Canterbury. And I wanted to talk to her more about the challenges of these lifestyle choices and how growing up in Guatemala has influenced her. Kia ora, and welcome, Andrea. Hi, Rachel. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. 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 So I'm really interested in hearing more about what led you to choosing Off the Grid Lifestyle. Um, I suppose we always wanted to have our own space, our own place. Um, My husband Sam and I dreamt of, you know, having our own land and um, somewhere to call our own, I guess. And we have always wanted to have a lifestyle that is sustainable and um, encompasses what we believe, self-sufficiency, and also um, it tied in with what could have, we could afford at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, so we've just meshed it, and this is where we've ended up. Yeah, and I gather you, you picked this area because that's where Sam grew up near, you know, in Canterbury, and you wanted to be near family. That's right. Um, he grew up f- um, further north in Waikari, and yeah, his mum and dad moved to the Oxford area, and then yeah, it just worked out that there was this piece of land just nearby them, and it was perfect. We just wanted to be close, and yeah. Hmm. And was there structure on the land when you bought it? Um, there was a big garage. It was like a hundred and twenty square meter garage with um, the man had already put a bit of a sleep out on it um we just had to finish it to complete the sleep out within the garage yeah mm, so that mm. was already in it and mm. it was part of our dream we had always dreamed about putting something similar on the land and that was already there so perfect yeah. and sam's a builder so he has yes. those building skills yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 he's yeah he's pretty lucky i'm pretty lucky to have he's so he's very knowledgeable so yeah yeah, yeah. and you've got three daughters uh, how old are they um, Delilah's 11, Mickey's 9, and Ari's 7. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what, at what stage did, did you buy it before you had children, or did you already have your children? Or We already had them. Um, we bought the land when Ari was about to turn one, so six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it been like for you? Um, it's been a great experience. It definitely has... Um, challenged us and pushed us, you know, in, in, in good ways. Um, we've learned a lot. We've learned that we're okay, you know, it's, it's, but it's definitely different. It, 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 we came from, you know, living in, this, in Christchurch and we thought, oh, yeah, let's do it. And, um, and yeah, it was, it's, it's a big change. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Are there things you wished you know that you know now that you wish you'd known then? Um, probably that things will work out and it'll be okay. And yeah. that um, sometimes you have a plan and it just, um, uh, the universe has a different way of uh, making it happen than what you hope for. Mm. That's definitely a big one, even though probably I deep down, or we all believe that that's true, you know, oh, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. But when you're actually living it and things are not working, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, I think it's probably worth noting that we live off grid, but it's not, we are building towards off-grid living. Like, we are off-grid and we will have an off, a fully off-grid house, but it's been the process. We've been living in the building as it's become. So it's not just that we moved to the off-grid house. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I imagine it's something that takes time and it's gradual. You can't go from one kind of living to a completely different kind of living. No. I mean, you could have, you, if you built a house, you still lived in your house and built a house and you just moved in. Yes. But that's not what we've done. Yes. So. And I was reading about off-grid. It's not something I'm very familiar with. So there are different levels of... So what does it mean for you, like in terms of... Um, are we just talking electricity? Are we talking water, sanitation? What practically does it mean for you? Right. So we we have got a water tank, so we get um, our supply from the Oxford um, scheme, but we don't have any power. We Well, we do have alternative power. We have a small solar unit and a generator, but when we don't have um, mains power and we don't have... Um, main sewer, so we use composting and grey water systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell me more about what it's like living without power, or how often do you use the generator and not use the generator? What do you use it for, and how do you? Is it all solar generator or other kind of generator? Right. So the generator is a petrol generator, and we have a small twelve volt system that we can charge our phones, tablets, lights with. We have lights for night time. And then we have the generator for bigger items. So the washing machine, the toaster, um, yeah, that runs through that. And as of last year, we have a an oven that's wood-fired and it heats our hot water cylinder. So it's been a gradual progress because we haven't had all these things. We had the generator when we first moved in, but not the solar unit. So for the first... Yeah, we had, um, you know, torches and we had to plug in the generator to run some lights. And so it's definitely been an evolution. You know, we we haven't had it all to begin with. We've had, you know, for the first 11 months, we didn't have Wi-Fi, internet. You know, we just had our cell phones and we went from unlimited data in Christchurch to completely, nope, nothing. And, yeah, it was interesting. And you know what? We survived. It's it's It was great. And, yeah, I don't know that you can probably convince my children to go back to that now, that they've grown, you know, well, three years on. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, you just adapt. Like, you know, the sun's not out, so, no, you can't charge your tablets. <laughs> um, so it, it's, you completely, you can do it. You just have to adapt. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we've learned is that, you know, it's you adapt and then you get on with it. Like you start the generator up for your toast or for your smoothie and then you turn it off and it's a team effort, you know. You build it and you go, can someone turn the generator on? <laughs> you know, it's not just push a button. 
So when you, you talk a lot about adapting, do you feel you've become a much stronger, more resilient person out of doing this? Um, I wouldn't... Probably, yes, but I don't think you feel it when you're in it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely when you... When you see the way we've lived and how we've evolved and we think back, so how did we ever do that, <laughs> you know? And maybe now, yeah, I, I yeah. Because mm. another thing I think about is when you said about phones is communication. I rely so much on communication for my well-being, for mm. my mental health. And this morning when I was driving in, called a friend and something in the ether happened to the Bluetooth. So I don't know whether my car wouldn't connect or my phone wouldn't connect or like how not to have those social supports and just being able to reach out. What sort of community did you have around you to support you? So luckily I still had internet on my phone. Mm. So that was important because that way I could keep in touch with my friends. It was quite hard to begin with because when we first moved we thought oh we'll see each other all the time you know I've just moved just there I'll come in all the time but reality is that it's exhausting it was exhausting to first um, move you you have all your adrenaline of our adventure this and that but you know we moved at the beginning of winter and we didn't have power so it meant that by 4.30 we would lose light and so trying to figure in and working with, well, I have to be home by this time or I won't, you know. And that's where my mental health kind of, that's where I was having to be very careful with it because um, I, I couldn't, I was spreading myself too thin. Mm-hmm. It was like I either go and see and do everything that I was doing, but I can't cope with what I have to do now. So I think it was a matter of just trying to balance everything and that took a while. Mm. Um, it took a lot of sacrifices and yeah mm. Mm. but um, sorry uh, we still had phones so we I could it was more than unlimited internet you know that so the Netflix and yeah. YouTube yeah. and yeah. that kind of luxury yeah. was gone yeah so we were back to probably early 2000s <laughs> yeah so a lot of interactive play with your daughters I imagine you know that there was no option of films or uh, well, limited option of films and television. It's it's. Mm. Um, we had um we had a computer and we would charge it. We would take it anywhere we went. We'd go, can I use your PowerPoint? Yeah. And um, so we would charge it and then we'd have movies. But it was what we had. It wasn't streaming or anything. A lot of play and a lot of reading out loud. Things that, um, you know, you do at bedtime or something. we just do in the middle of the day. We'd go visit Nana. We'd go for a walk. But, yeah, I mean, I can't... It wasn't horrible. It was great. It was, you know, just different. And, yeah, and then we got internet and things changed again. But it was a luxury. You know, it was like, well... And because we're, we are rural, we also have only... Are, have only got limited internet as well now. Like we have so many gigs, so they can't go over that. And it was still a lot. But, yeah, we've got that limitation, I guess, still. Mm, mm. And like I said, you know, charging things, it's just, yeah. I mean, you just get used to it. It's life for us now. And, yeah, we love it. <laughs> yeah. And I think about children and think about how much washing 
as typically involved with children, little children, yeah. you know, nappies, um, uh, throwing up, getting yeah. dirty outside, you know, how did you logistically manage all? Well, I was lucky because my children were kind of out of that. You know, yeah. we moved when Ari was four, so yeah. luckily we had a Past nappies. Yes, past nappies and vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that's where Sam's parents, just wonderful. They open, you know, we wouldn't be where we are now without them. They have opened their house and said anything you need. So from showers to dishes to um, washing to having our freezer up there because, you know, our frozen food is up there. So, yeah, we wouldn't be where we are without them. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So so it wasn't an isolated, we're just moving here. You actually knew you had your in-laws absolutely. close. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's the difference, I suppose, with um, if you are moving into the middle of nowhere and none of that, there are things to consider because um, the way we live is manageable for us because our support network, um, yeah. Mm. Mm. I could see that we would need different things in place if we didn't have that yeah. so close, yeah. You've said it's you're in the process of building. Um, uh, is this something you can see... you? A lifestyle you'll have for the rest of your life, long term, or I know that's hard to ask long, but it is. Yeah, um, one of the things I've been trying to do is staying in today because when we first moved, I remember not sleeping at night, thinking, "What have we done?" <laughs> you know, all our belongings are next door in the garage, and it's not a house; it's a garage. You know, and thinking, "Are we going to be like this forever?" But I think one of the best things for my mental health has been. This is where we are today. And that's been true for me with the homeschooling for the girls as well because when they were five, I'd get asked, will you still be doing this when they're in high school? And it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing next week, you know, in the sense of the world changes so fast and, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we like where we are and Sam's building definitely our house to be our home, like for forever. <laughs> um, he's building it to what he, the way he wants, the way we want. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would like to because we think it's the way of the, the way of the future to be self-sustained, self-sufficient and mm. sustainability. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And a very wise approach to take and, you know, wise and relevant for everyone really as we, we, we can make all sorts of assumptions about the future, but really we we only got today. That's <laughs> the right. Of the day. That's right. <laughs> I often tell myself that. <laughs> well, yeah. Compulsively planning. I'm like, just stay in the day, Rachel. That's right. And I think uh, that's a big source of my past anxieties would be that. And I'd be like, no, no, live in the present. And I think that the last few months especially has really whacked me into this doesn't matter. It's right now. Right now I've got to deal with this and mm. it's... It's been a life-saving mm. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And slightly differently, I'm I'm really interested because you did have a very different upbringing. You grew up in Guatemala, and you came to New Zealand to the school exchange, um, and met your husband very early. What? How do you think growing up in that culture has influenced you? Um, how you live in New Zealand now? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, big question. No, it's um. Completely different, and it's probably more that I've seen 
what I didn't have and never thought possible we would see in movies. You know, you'd see, I don't know, a sound of music and them singing through fields and it's like, <laughs> where is that? I mean, in Guatemala, there's fields and you definitely can go bush if you like, but there's um, bugs and animals and, you know, snakes. <laughs> yes. So it's yes. not something that I would have done that over there. And, um, and just the freedom of being able to do it here is not the same as back there, and I think I experienced that when I arrived here, just seeing the vast green, you know, the vastness, and, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I wouldn't have expected you to talk about Sound of Music. <laughs> um, that was a very early film I used to watch as well. Oh, just my children loved it, and I watched it, and I remember just yeah. seeing the green, you know, like... Yeah. Julie Andrews running through the fields. That's what I think of. And I can see that in New Zealand. You know, I've seen my children do it. (laughs) I never would have done it as a child. And I think that's basically where this goes. You know, it's like, well, I never could have had that back then or I never, and now it's possible, I guess. Yeah. Mm, mm. And you talked to me about education too, that education was so vital for you growing up in Guatemala and... uh, you worked very, very hard because you knew that was a chance for a different future. Yeah. And the differences you see here. Yeah, it's um, it's completely different. I have seen just, I don't know what you, the possibilities, I guess, that people here have more possibilities to achieve what they want um, or more of a fear go maybe, you know, with like anybody can be, anything as in in Guatemala it's a lot harder like there's dreams and definitely there's stories but it's definitely um different Mm, mm. because of the great divides in wealthy and absolutely yeah Yeah. wealth and education and um population as well you know the chance that it's just very very different Mm, mm, yeah mm. Do you I know your mother is now here in New Zealand and your sister? Do you speak Spanish with the girls? With my girls? Yeah. Yeah. Um I used to when they were very little. Um it's still in there. I still do sometimes, but I'm not we don't converse in Spanish. And um I think when they started to grow up and acquire their own language skills, they started to choose English, you know, because everything around him was English, and I mm. think I just went with that. But definitely my mum and sister, always, we always speak in Spanish, and the girls are around, and my eldest daughter, she understands everything. Mm. And mm. it just, mm. you know, the other two, it's in there. Mm. They understand. So I, I have no doubt that someday they'll click onto it, or if we visit Guatemala, they'll... Mm. Is there anything up. you missed from Guatemala? Um... Family, of course, yeah. but um, I miss colour and flavour and I don't loudness. I guess. Mm. <laughs> you know, just yeah. So I'm very noticing colourful. the beautiful beads you're wearing. Oh, yeah. It's colour. That's that's what I struck me when I visited yeah. too. I think it's colour. It's a colourful country. It's a colourful culture. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Lovely talking to you, Andrea. Tell me about the song that you wanted to. Oh, I just, um, I chose um, Lord, Green Lights. I just love it. I love Lord. I think she's 
very cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. My girls and I often sing to that, so I thought it'd be quite good. Perfect. Well, hello to your girls as well. <laughs> Hi, girls. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel. I do my makeup in somebody else's car. We order different drinks at the same bars. I know about what you did, and I want to scream the truth. She thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar. Well, those great whites, they have big teeth. Oh, they bite you. That you said that you would always be in love. But you're not in love no more. Did it frighten you? How we kissed when we danced on the light of floor. On the light of floor. But I hear sounds in my mind. Brand new sounds in my mind. Sounds in my mind 